0: Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. This morning, I feel we all need to talk about something that will uh, determine our fate, our destiny. In times like this, when tragedies happen, In different places of this country and in different places of the world, there must be something we experience, we have, that will prepare us when we are hit by these tragedies. There must be something I should know today, I should have today, so that. I know how to face the future. Because when tragedy hits, none of us is powerful enough to withstand it. When war, earthquake, tornadoes, hurricanes, fire, criminals, when they come towards us, is there anything I may have to resist, to overcome, to survive. I would like to let you know there is something in the Bible which we all may have and may experience every day so that when those tragedies come around our home or around our lives, we may be victorious. Friends, some of you may have never been going through any difficult time, which I don't think (laughs) that's very true, you know, because somehow tragedies and difficulties are on each one's way. But some of you might not realize how difficult it is to have death just in front of your eyes and to need to make a move, to make a decision, and that decision will will determine your destiny forever. Maybe some of you have never been under those circumstances when people and human resources were not enough to take you through. Maybe some of you have never been sick in a way You feel that that sickness can put an end to your life. But I'd like to, not to make you afraid, but to let you know that the Bible tells us that very soon every human being would be somehow challenged with some of this. I don't even want to name all of them because it's very scary. At one moment when you see so many bad things happening, you ask yourself the question, what I'm here for? What is this life for? And it can become very depressive, depressing. Now I found in the Bible, practically those of you who have studied this week, the Sabbath school lesson, it is in the center of the book we studied that statement which if we understand it properly and we assimilate it that would become our our overcoming tool in the future turn with me the bible if you wish at habakkuk chapter 2 it is verse 4. Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 4. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. I like to underline, the just shall live by this faith. Let's bow heads for a short prayer. Heavenly Father, this morning, We are grateful to you that we are here and we have the opportunity to open our hearts for your wisdom, for your word, for your revelations. Lord, we live just at the end of time, but after a while we get used, even with the worst scenarios, the most terrible events, tragedies, death, war and somehow we feel the need of receiving from you this morning that gift of faith we all need in order to live a holy life and in order to overcome through these tragedies. Give us your spirit, Father, as we open the word of God and help us to understand how to have that faith and how to be just so that one day we'll not only be overcomers on this earth, but live with you in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That's the declaration that separates people in two great categories. The just shall live by faith. Now, in the first part of the, of the verse, you see there is a, a thought about the proud. Practically, people you may divide people, looking at them through different angles. If you look through this angle, how do people feel about themselves? There are two categories. They are proud people, and they are humble people. I believe that each and every one of us has seen proud people in life. Some of them are very gifted. Some of them are very beautiful. Some of them are very rich. Some of them are thinking that they are going to overcome the world. There is a time in their lives when they feel They are number one, and they can do everything in life. Unfortunately, tragedies come their way too. And they get to a situation when they realize, hey, the power I have is not enough. The beauty I have is not enough. The friends I have are not enough. The riches I have are not enough. They need something more. Now, if they keep the spirit of proud, believe me, that's practically what will determine their eternal death. A proud person, unfortunately, doesn't feel the need for God. A proud person will die without God because... He or she will not recognize that need. It's a miracle to see a proud person. Transformed by the grace of God. Usually they have been doing on their own. They have been using their power, their skills, their strength, their resources. And because they accomplish something in life, they do not have that sense of dependence upon God. I just uh, listened to my favorite pastor and preacher, evangelist, and he tells this story. He was here in this country, United States, in New York, uh, taking some classes, and uh, there was a teacher, an, an atheist a a a french teacher and that person he said would provoke him almost every time he would have a class with that with that teacher he was a very brilliant man and the pastor recognized that sometimes he would have difficulties withstanding the attacks of, of this uh, non-believer, a very proud man, a very capable man. And uh, he wanted to prove that, you know, he's right and the pastor was wrong. In other words, he wanted to exclude God from the picture. And the pastor said, you know, if that man would be here this, this day, he, he preached this uh, to a, a big congregation, and he will tell you that it is not daytime, now is nighttime. He will convince you that it's nighttime. Amen. I mean, that man has such a power, such a brilliant mind, and he used it against God. Okay, one day, uh, he attacked this pastor again. Where is your God? How do you prove that he exists, that he's good, that he's love, and so on and so forth. And the poor pastor was thinking, what in the world this man wants? You know? I mean, he he tries to prove what? He said, Listen, listen, teacher. Let's say for a moment that you are right and I am wrong. Oh, do you believe that you're wrong and I'm right? No, no, no. I didn't say. I, I believe in God. I know my God. God showed me so many times his existence, his presence, and his goodness. It's not a, But for a moment, let's say you are right and I'm wrong. And let's imagine. Let's say maybe you have a son who is 21, 22 years old. And uh, that young man, you love him so much, he's on drugs. And now you go to the best specialist in the world and you try to save the life of your young son. He's for you like everything because you love him. And let's say you don't believe in God, you don't ask for his power, for his intervention. And you have been trying to use all the means you have found to save the life of your young son. And you don't believe in God. What else are you going to do? What hope is for your son and for you? And at that moment, he saw changes on the face of this brilliant, proud, and powerful teacher. And he saw tears in his eyes. The teacher said, "Uh, we'll talk about this next time. Let's take a break. Our pastor found out that that teacher had a son of 20 or 22 years old. And that son was on drugs. And he had been using all his wisdom, all his friends, all the means he could to save the life of his son, and couldn't. When the course was over, and the pastor was preparing to leave for South America, he was from South America, uh, in the elevator While he was coming down, the teacher was there too. The pastor saw that the teacher wanted to say something. And the pastor didn't say anything. He let the person to, you know, to struggle in his heart and find a way to express whatever he wanted. So they were ready to leave the building the pastor was a little bit ahead and the 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 teacher said pastor pastor pause for a moment stop a moment he came to him and he said you know that I don't believe in God right I know the, the pastor said but you believe in God oh yes I believe I believe in God the pastor and he had tears in his eyes Would you please pray to your God to save the life of my son? There comes a moment in the life of the proud when he realizes that he is not all sufficient, self-sufficient. He cannot make it. The life has so much more than he knows. And the obstacles of life are so much greater than his power. And the difficulties are so much more difficult than his strength and wisdom. That he needs another power. He needs a superior power. He needs power from God. He needs God. Every human being practically... Consciously or unconsciously is looking for God. But because we live in a, in a society, in a time when materialis, materialism uh, and all kinds of philosophies are around us, they influence us. And we don't go all the way to the end. I believe God is right here. Ready to be revealed to every human being who is seeking Him with all his heart. And I believe, just as I have seen in in the lives of so many people, as I have studied the Word of God, I believe that a human being, no matter how he or she has, is not happy and will not be happy unless that person meets God, and accepts God in his or her life. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the devil is using the very gifts God gave us to make us focus on those gifts and forget the giver. So among the leaders of these philosophies that exclude God from their life, you'll see some of the most brilliant people. They use their minds, their knowledge, somehow to disconnect from the great giver of this gift. Some of them are most talented people in the world. The devil will inspire them to use their talents and their accomplishments somehow to focus on them and forget the great giver that gave them those talents. Some of them are the most beautiful, young ladies, young men, beautiful countenances, beautiful bodies. The devil will inspire them to use these very gifts to somehow focus on them in a way that they will lose sight of God, the great Giver. And you may add some other talents, other gifts, other characteristics. No matter how gifted a person is. No matter how much a person has. No matter who are the friends a person have. No matter how beautiful a person is. How powerful that person is. He or she cannot be happy without God. Therefore, the... Statement, but the just shall live by faith. It is this statement that makes the difference in life. And I believe that every one of us has been going through times when either our faith was weak or we were concentrating more on people or we were trying to experience this pleasure and that pleasure and that pleasure and that pleasure. To end up very sad, very depressed, very disappointed, and unhappy. You know why? Because, friend, you need God. God is the only person who can bring that satisfaction, that happiness in life we all look for, we all seek, we all long for. And the... earlier a person discovers this secret and is giving his life or her life to god the better we don't need to go through the misery of life we don't need to go through those sinful actions we don't need to to go after those great leaders who take us away from god To experience how life is without God. We don't need. We need to take a little look. To see what happens in the life of these people. Most of them finish their race in shame. Overcome. By sickness. They die alone. Some of them put an end to their lives. And they finish their life without hope. Without hope. Friends, we are here on this earth for a little time to prepare for the kingdom of God. To prepare for the kingdom of heaven. The opposite of proud is humility. Christ Jesus himself, when he was on this earth... Maybe that's the only description in the Bible about him. In this way, he says, come to me, all who are, and I'll give you rest. Learn from me because I am meek and lowly in heart. That's the opposite of pride. The spirit of humility is not something that will take you to a lower level of life. No, no, no. The spirit of humility is necessary to embrace the righteousness of God. To embrace the gifts of God. And to assimilate the kingdom of God. When the Bible says... The just will live by faith. It is not that somebody is just in himself or herself. It is because something happened in the life of that person and he became just. Now, the Bible talks about Abraham like the father of faith. And I would like to read for you a a statement from the Bible which tells us that even Abraham... Who was the father of faith he was not just by himself he was not just because he has done something towards that he was just because god made him just uh, the statement i have is in uh, galatians Galatians chapter 3, verse 6, we may read from verse 5. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? And verse 6, just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness how did abraham become a holy man a righteous man it is not it was not something he had in himself it was not something he could purchase from somebody else it was not something he could have ever accomplished by himself it was given by god Abraham was counted by God as a righteous man. When? Now, there is something which somehow comes from us. Not, I would say, not that we can originate that, but it is something that we exercise. Abraham was counted as a righteous man by faith. He believed in the goodness of God. He believed in the mercy of God. He expressed his dependence upon God. And God rewarded him, making him a just man, a righteous man. When you see, and you may look uh, for other scriptures. For example, Genesis chapter 12 from verse 1 to 4. When you see how God acted in his relationship with Abraham, you have hope that something great might happen in your own life. Honestly, none of us is righteous in himself or herself. None of us is holy in himself or herself. We don't have these characteristics of God. But every one of us can become a righteous person. And now, maybe the word righteous, the word just doesn't tell you too much. You know what is the meaning? A righteous person is a person that is somehow after the the heart of God. A righteous person is a person who is happy in this life. Because God made him or her righteous. A righteous person is a person who doesn't allow himself or herself to become a target for the evil one. A righteous person is a person who has peace in his heart, has hope, has faith, and lives a life that is significant, a meaningful life. Now, in uh, in Genesis chapter 12, we see somehow the dynamics. Now the Lord has said to Abraham, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and you, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. He obeyed. He believed what God said. Let's go back to verse 1, 2, 3. Because over there we may see something we may take for us this morning. First of all, do you see in these verses like a relationship between a friend and a friend? My friends, God is personal. Personal. God can be felt. God can touch you. God answers to your cries for mercy and for 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 help. God talks with Abraham as a friend talks to his friend. This is the kind of relationship you and I need to develop in this life. Because when you know God, not only from scriptures or from a sermon or you know like you have some concepts about his existence but you know him personally you have experiences with him that kind of faith will prevail in the great controversy one of my friends this week told me said pastor i'm telling you because i know you and you believe me i'm not very uh, uh courageous to go in front of other people to say, because they might say that I I invent things. But he said, and I know he's a godly person, he said, one of these evenings, I uh, I was in my bed and uh, and talked with God. It was a form of prayer. Is not always necessary that you are on your knees to pray. You may speak with the Lord in your heart, in your mind. Uh, And somehow he desired more of the Lord, you know? And he said, Pastor, I cannot describe to you. I could see myself at the same time as I was in bed. I could see myself somehow detached. And I felt a hand, a person dressed in white close to my bed. And I felt how he put his hand over my shoulder. Pastor, I was not dreaming. I didn't have, a, I mean, I was conscious. And when that hand touched my shoulder, a peace that cannot be expressed overwhelmed my soul. I felt like my Savior is so merciful, so loving. That he makes me deserve, makes me worthy of having him come so close to me and touching me. I believe that a true faith in God will give you experiences like this. God is a personal God. God loves you. God has you on his heart. He has a special plan for your life. And eventually, in his plan, you are to be saved. That's God's plan. He paid for your salvation. He sent angels to talk to you about your salvation. He sent his son to die for your salvation. He's preparing the kingdom for you to enjoy your salvation. God is a God who loves you. In the case of Abraham, I would like to learn with you a little bit more. We see a kind of covenant between God and Abraham. But as you see, as you remember, for example, other covenants between people and people. In a covenant, you make some promises. The other part makes some promises to you. Uh, there are some conditions of the com- covenant. There are some uh, uh responsibilities you have some privileges you have some responsibilities and you have some warnings in the case you break the covenant brother campbell you are out of this deal you remember right these are the ways we we handle relationships and covenant this is a covenant god made with abraham but look here look here who makes the promises So the first verse, now the Lord has said to Abraham, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. Verse 2, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be blessed. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. We stop here. Who makes the promises? What kind of promise is Abraham doing here? Making here? Did you hear Abraham speaking in these three verses? Not at all. Do you see how a person becomes not only a righteous man, but one who is going to inherit the kingdom of heaven? Friends, everything is done by God. First of all, it was not Abraham who said, Lord, here I am. I am the best of my family, and I'm ready to go wherever you send me. I am great. I will become the father of a nation. All the families of the earth will be blessed in me. Abraham didn't say anything like that. It was the Lord who went to Abraham. Friends, it is not you who really seek God. It is God finding you. It is God putting in your heart the desire to read the Bible, to give a call to this godly friend, or to come to church, or to turn on the TV and find a preacher who is preaching the gospel. It is God who is using countless ways to reach out to you. Keep that in mind. First thing, it is not I who seek God. It is God who is seeking me. Amen. And that has been happening since the creation. Since the fall of Adam and Eve in sin. Don't you appreciate that at your God? Yeah. The Lord is seeking you. Amen. The Lord is calling you. The Lord is longing after you. The Lord is preparing a kingdom for you. The Lord is. Is going to bless you, even on this earth. Second, verse, verse, verse number two. Okay, is here. I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Do you hear Abraham's voice here? No. Again, who is speaking? It is God who makes you great. Amen. It is God who makes your blessing. It is God who is blessing you and makes your blessing to others. When God is calling you, if you believe him, he makes you righteous. But that involves more than an expression, my friends. As, as we... As we observed already reading in Galatians Abraham believed he had to believe in the Lord without faith it is impossible to get these blessings so we may hear about a great God a loving God a gracious God an infinite God a powerful God but if we do not believe in him what will all this mean to us okay we may believe in him but if we do not have a personal relationship with him how are we going to benefit of all this because the bible says that even the devil believes and they tremble that means that there is a faith which is different from another kind of faith that means that there is a faith that is authentic And there is a faith that is false. Without going very deep into this, I would like to let you know, or to remind you rather, that faith in in the existence of God is good, is wonderful, but it's not enough. Abraham did not only believe that God exists. Abraham believed that God is good to him. Abraham believed in the goodness of God to him, in the love of God to him, in the mercy of God to him. And Abraham believed God's promise, and that makes he, made him righteous. Amen. So today we have the opportunity to express this faith in the Lord. It's not enough to believe that God is good and holy and great. It is absolutely necessary to trust God, to surrender your life to him. That's part of the package. In other words, to believe that he's good to you. To believe that he loves you, to believe that he's going to save you, that's Personal, collective faith is good because I learn from you. You learn from me. I am blessed by your faith. You are blessed by my faith. But collective faith will never save me. I need personal faith. And Abraham didn't allow his parents to believe for him or his wife or whoever else was in his family. Abraham believed God as a friend believes a friend. And he entrusted his life into the care of God. So this is the way he became righteous. Listen to this. He did not do anything to become righteous. In other words, righteousness itself is a gift from God. But he believed in this. And now... Here is where the world, the Christian world, divides itself in two categories again. There are people who believe in God, but they will try to make themselves just or righteous or holy. They will try to reach heaven by obeying God's commandments. They will try to accomplish their salvation. Will they Will they be able to do it no. by our own strength and power we will never change our lives those who try to reach heaven or reach holiness or accomplish uh, righteousness by their own power by their own works in keeping the law they try an impossibility abraham didn't try by himself the father of faith didn't say i will do this and this and this and then i will be saved i'll be righteous i'll be just no the father of faith believed in the goodness of god and god counted him holy righteous and godly now satan is there he realizes that if we get this, he has lost us forever. So he comes and says, "Okay, uh, uh, it's true. Christ died for you, and you are saved by Jesus. You don't do. You don't need to do anything. I don't need to do anything. No, you are saved. You may live what, whatever kind of life you want to live, and." People try to be saved by remaining in sin, by breaking the law of God, by committing acts of lawlessness. Just as it is true that we cannot get to heaven by our own works in in keeping the law, It is also true that we cannot get to heaven by breaking the law. Do you understand? Christ didn't come to die on the cross that I will continue to drink. Some of my members, they know I was born in the world, I was living in the world, so one of my greatest sins was drinking. I would drink to to the point where I lost my consciousness so many times, practically Next day, I would meet people and they would say, hey, how did you behave like that? And I didn't know anything. I don't know if you can believe that. I was was doing things. Next day, I will not remember anything. And very rare will I do some good things when I was drunk. So now you tell me, pastor, if you believe in Christ, if you believe that he died for you on the cross... You are forgiven, you are made righteous, and you are saved. So you don't need to do anything else. Oh, so I can continue to drink? And beat you? And kill you? And do other kind of stuff? The righteousness of God doesn't have anything to do with sinfulness. And this is the miracle. Yes. I'm saved only by faith in Christ Jesus. I cannot save myself. I cannot make myself holy. I cannot transform myself. Christ is the one who has done all this for me, but. I choose out of love to him to live a holy life. Keeping the law, my friends. It is the delight. Of a true child of God. He or she doesn't do that in order to be saved. He does that in order to show his love and her love to Christ. So here, you see, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And you, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The greatest part in the Christian life is to be a blessing to others. Amen. Is to see people coming to you and saying, Hey, it is because of your goodness, it is because of your love, it is because of the gifts you gave me, it is because of your prayers that I'm here today, that I'm a Christian today. This is life, my friends. Instead of living to take advantage of people, you live to make yourself. Available to them to be a blessing. The transformation is done by God if you choose to believe in him. Now, some might say, Pastor, I don't have this faith. How can I get the faith? I gave you a good news. Even faith is a gift from God. Friends, we don't have faith in ourselves. Young people, I understand you. You might not feel sometimes anything. You know, anything, anything positive towards the Lord. You might have even a sense of rebellious spirit. You might want to live out there in the world and doing all those crazy things. How can you get faith simple saying Lord give me this faith God in his goodness will give you faith you may become a great woman of faith a great man of faith a great father of faith a great mother of faith a great child of faith if you just say Lord give me this faith and now Having this faith, you will have a life that cannot be compared to any kind of life on this earth. Because when you have this faith, it is not only a concept that you believe there is a God out there in heaven. No, you also believe there is a God who touches you on your shoulder. Who embraces you. Who takes you on the palms of his hand. Who gives comfort to your soul, who gives you hope, who heals your body, who heals your mind, who heals your relationships. This kind of God is the God I've chosen to serve and to worship him. You look in the future, yes, there are great things which are coming. The greatest crisis ever, my friends, is just around the corner and I'll repeat. You may be beautiful, you may be handsome, you may be strong, you may be very capable, you may have degrees, a great education, you may be rich, you may know people up there. They will mean nothing when the crisis comes. You need God, I need God. How am I going to prevail? How am I going to overcome? How are you going to overcome? It is by this, by faith. By faith that the God who helped you in the past and who made promises to your life for the future is the God who is going to help you. Naked faith, simple faith that doesn't have anything. You may not see anything. You may not feel anything. But like Abraham, you leave everything behind and you go to a place you don't know because you believed in God. You believe in His wisdom, in His great character, in His love, in His power. And I'm promising you, He will never fail you. Never fail you. Yes, there are crises. There are difficulties. If I look back in my life, since I received Jesus as my personal savior, and I decided to follow this narrow path, this is a narrow path, my friends. you may go everywhere in the world you'll have many churches and there are godly people in every church I, I respect people I, I I love people they might not believe exactly the way I believe so so what long ago or years ago I didn't believe what I believe now you know so faith is growing you develop your understanding but What I would like to suggest to you, you'll not find a church that promises you, not only by the grace of Christ, forgiveness of your sins and the experience of making you righteous, but also a church that gives you the faith in the Holy Spirit, who makes you able to obey God out of love. And that's practically the happiness you believe. In other words, to make the things simple, very simple, you'll find churches out there and some will say, believe in Christ and that's enough. And some will say, do this and do this and obey of this and and perform this because you need to perform in order to be saved. In this church, I have found the balance. I'm not doing in order to be saved. And I'm not doing because I'm afraid of God. I'm not doing the good things by my own power or strength. I'm doing them because the spirit of God in me prompts me to do them. And because I love God and my faith in God is proved by actions. The obedience, a moral law, love, uh, a moral life, a pure character. Don't touch this, don't drink this, don't look for that person, don't, don't steal, don't cheat. Don't All these become your nature because Christ is living in you the hope of glory. And yes, when you get in difficult times, it is still faith that prevails. Uh, this uh, wonderful man of God tells the story. He was in a uh, uh, train station uh, waiting for the train, and it, hundreds and thousands of people maybe around that place in a big city, Sao Paulo. And from the crowd, a man's crying, Pastor Buyon, Pastor Buyon, Pastor Bouillon. So Pastor Bouillon said, Okay. And the man came close to him and said, I'm so happy that I see you. Would you please have a prayer for me? The pastor said, you know, okay, let's, let's look for a place for a prayer. He said, no, right here, the man said. I need prayer now. Okay, they got to a little place, you know, where not everybody was right there. And said, the man said, I need prayer right now because I had such a day. He said, listen, I listened to your sermons. I accepted the message of salvation. I became a Christian, a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. And since then, I don't find a job. If I have a job from Monday, Friday I'll lose it. And next week, going to look for another job, and I'm doing this Maybe it was already for one or two years. And pastor, I have a wife. I have two or three kids. And we don't have what to put for the kids. And he said, in the morning, I told my wife, listen, don't worry. God will help. I promise you, I'll bring milk and some other foods he named them in the night when i'm coming home i'll bring the food we need for the house for the kids and he said pastor from the morning up to this time i knock from door to door from organization to organization none of them hired me none of them accepted me so about one hour ago i was in that park depressed, and I talk with the Lord, why do you treat me like that? Sometimes we speak like that with God, even though he doesn't treat us like that, you know? But the man said, I said, listen, I gave my life to you. I chose this narrow path, and uh, I don't have food for my family uh i'm very disappointed and as as he was speaking with god like that he almost wanted to kind of say lord that this doesn't take me anywhere so what the benefit of this but as he was thinking of these things he he felt a voice Speaking in the center of his mind saying son things will be better don't worry I promise you and he would complete he would finish his talk with the Lord say Lord even, even if you don't answer me I choose to remain faithful to you Amen. I will live by faith and he said now I'm coming home And I saw you here. And I said, that's unbelievable. At least I met the man of God. And now I'll go home and I'll tell them, hey, I met Pastor Boyon. Pastor Boyon, the greatest name, has been the greatest name in South America for more than 30 years in, in evangelism. So I'll tell my family, at least I met Pastor Boyon. And he had a prayer for me. So the pastor prayed for him, for him and the man was about to leave say, Pastor, thank you so much. It is like God gave me such a joy to, to meeting you. The pastor said, no, 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 come with me. So the pastor took him to a store. So what, what did you want to bring to your wife? So he bought the meal. He bought this and he bought this and he bought this and he bought this. He put a brick, a brick big, you know, sack in his in his arms, said, take this to your family. No, pastor, don't do that. I, don't, I didn't come to you to... No, no, let the Lord bless you. While the man was departing with joy in his heart, the pastor was looking over, like in a vision, like, you know, with the eyes of a prophet, over the whole world and thinking of us as Seventh-day Adventist people who sometimes have problems with our jobs because everything is good until Friday, but on Sabbath, if you don't go to work, you might lose your job. Just uh, Brother Robert told us at the Sabbath school, the boss came to him and said, if you don't come to work on Sabbath, you are out of here. And he was smiling and said, I will accept it. I go with the Lord. The boss said, no, don't go. I tested you. He was just testing him. I know a friend in Spain. When I was there, I preach. He told me about somebody he knew. The boss came to him and told him, if you do not come to work on Sabbath, you are out of this place. And the man said, I can't, I love the Lord. I'm doing this for him, for him, for his glory. I can't do it. And uh, after two or three weeks, the boss came again and came again and came again and said, next Sabbath, if you don't come, you are out of here. So the man came. The man came on Sabbath to work. The boss said, this is your last day working here. You didn't pass the test. You see, you, you, you understand? Yeah. So the man was said, "If you, if you have not been faithful to your God, you are not going to be faithful to me." Amen. I'm telling you, life is tough, and it's going to be even tougher. But God is above all. If we choose to live by faith in the Son of God, we might not always have everything, but we'll always have hope. And hope is what makes the difference. I would rather choose God and lose everything else than to win everything else and to lose God. This morning, my friends, the message is that the, the just We live by faith. I'm telling you, you and me are not just by ourselves. But as we learn, God makes us just if we believe. God made Abraham just, not because Abraham did something, but because Abraham believed in his goodness. Now, did Abraham do something after that? Surely, he showed his love to God by obeying his will and his law. This is what I would like to instill in you. This is what I would like you and me to do as we leave this place. We receive righteousness today by faith. We may even pray for the faith we may not have. But the moment the Lord counts us as righteous, we leave this place with a desire to honor Him, to obey Him, to respect Him, and that's a new life. Then you live a life of obedience. Yes, A perfect obedience to his law and his will. Not to be saved, but because you love him. And that's salvation. Is anybody of you who would like this morning to make a special commitment to to the Lord? And I'm extending the invitation to all. Whether you are baptized or you are not baptized. Whether you are a member of Seventh-day Adventist Church or you are a member of another church. Whether you plan to become a member of the church, Seventh-day Adventist Church or not, doesn't matter. The appeal to you this morning is to give your heart to Christ. The appeal this morning is to say, Lord, give me the faith. I want to believe the way Abraham believed. The appeal this morning is to come forward and kneel with me before God, accepting by faith the truth that he counts you as righteous. The appeal this morning is that you and I give our lives to God so that from now on, the Spirit of the Lord will help us live a holy life. That's the appeal. Those of you who would like may come forward. We will kneel before God. The other ones, you may stay wherever you are and we'll kneel before God to surrender our lives to Him. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, we come before you this moment to surrender our lives to you. We would like to have the experience of Abraham, who was not righteous, was not just, and who did not do anything to become righteous, but who believed in your love, in your righteousness, in your holiness, and he was counted as a righteous man. Lord, please teach us that this is the miracle of God that is intended for every believing sinner. We pray this morning that you give us the faith of Abraham. Lord, Abraham didn't promise anything to you. It was you who made the promise. But Abraham needed to learn to receive from you the spirit of faith and needed to entrust himself Completely to your care. And that was not easy. Because in the human nature. We have the tendency to take the life in our own hands Lord. We have the tendency to make uh, a program for our life. We have the tendency to, to do our own things. But he was blessed by the spirit of God. And he followed you Lord wherever you took him. Therefore, you made him a blessing. You bless him and made him a blessing for the entire world. This is our chance this day. We come to you, Father, and we beg you for the faith of Abraham. We come to you and we express our little faith in the righteousness of Christ. Forgive us, Lord. Cleanse us. Purify us by the blood of Jesus. And make each and every one who has come this morning into these courts, make each and every one accept the righteousness of Christ. Father, we don't want to keep your law, to obey your commandments in order to be saved. Because, first of all, we can never obey perfectly by our own power. And we can never purchase our salvation by our own acts of righteousness. But Lord, because we love you, we long to live a holy life and to obey your law. Therefore, out of love, we like to become people who respect you by showing obedience to your law. Amen. May this be the experience of all of us. May the sins which are bothering us, may the vices which are uh, surrounding us, may all be broken, Lord, and may obedience to God out of love and through the holy spirit be our new nature and our new experience thank you for this beautiful sabbath day and thank you for the opportunity to surrender our lives to you accept us lord just as we are and make us like christ because we pray in his holy name and through his merits amen thank you for listening to today's message